0: My name is Matthew Wayne Selznick, and this is Sonatotum, episode twenty-three. Welcome back, everybody! For the record keepers out there, it is Tuesday. The 22nd of September, 2020, recording this time from the actual lush and lavish studios of MWS Media. Instead of in the car or in a park or whatever, we're going to give this a try, see how it goes. Um, We may have come to uh, figure out how to do this in the home office. This episode should sound so much better. (laughs) than some of the past episodes, which is a nice thing. And speaking of past episodes, last episode, episode 22 was part one of two of the Ask Me Anything miniseries, duology, two-parter, what have you. Back in episode 21, I had asked you listeners to submit your questions For me. And two folks, Rebecca Burns and JC Hutchins, were kind enough to submit questions. I uh, was able to answer half of Rebecca's questions and JC Hutchins' question in the previous episode. But you know me, I like to talk. I can get a little long winded. So uh, I was only able to get through those four. So here we are, part two, to go through the remainder of Rebecca's questions. And you know, there's no reason that uh, future episodes can't include a Q&A segment or even be dominated by a really good meaty question. Uh, so don't hesitate to send me your questions on building a successful creative life while staying healthy and sane. And um, you can do that of course by sending me an email at matt at mattselznick.com. That's M-A-T-T-S-E-L-Z-N-I-C-K.com. Or just leaving a comment in the show notes uh, for any of these episodes. But of course, this is episode 23. You can find it at Sonatotum.com. Just look for episode 23. Or you can go to mattselznick.com and uh, click on the podcast page and... Same deal. It's actually the same page. It'll get you there. All right. Let's look at Rebecca's next question. I'm just bringing it up here on uh, on my note keeping application. So there's three questions. Here's, uh, here's the first one from Rebecca Burns. What is your experience with writing groups, critique groups, collaborative projects? Well, um, in order, writing groups slash critique groups. I've belonged to a few. I've started a few, both in person, you know, in space and online. I ran a little writing and critique group. Gosh, it was probably in the late 90s is the last time I did one in person. And uh, I've belonged to a few over the years in the aughts and, and most recently, just a couple of years ago. But, but here's, here's the thing, at least for me, Most of these critique group situations, it isn't for me. It's too slow, basically. I mostly write long form, you know, novels and whatnot. And I don't really want to wait as long as it would take to do a chapter at a time or a scene at a time and then wait for a week or whatever for the critiques to come back and, you know, do revisions on that and and so on and so forth. I mean, it could take years i mean it takes me years anyway honestly to to write a book so imagine if i was also waiting and doing a critique group as my sort of beta reader stage yeah so really it's just the process for most critique groups is just too drawn out for me and so it, it's not for me and running them you know that's that's a responsibility that i i sure as heck don't want these days so uh yeah. However, a writing group wherein, you know, folks just kind of get together, have maybe a little bit of socializing or catching up, and then just as a group spend an hour or so just quietly writing together, that does have some appeal for me. In fact, It was actually uh, something I was going to look into for 2020 and then, you know, pandemic. So I, uh, of course, have put that off until it's safe to uh, be in a uh, small enclosed space, breathing a bunch of other people's air, at least for now. But uh, once, uh, you know, once we all have a vaccine and things are semi back to normal, uh, I could definitely see finding a group like that. And sure, there are online or virtual versions of that, I'm sure. I want in person. It makes more sense to me. So there you go. That didn't take a million years, like some of my answers. Oh, I haven't even finished though. Collaborative projects. See, Rebecca has this thing of squeezing in like four questions in one. So the last part of that question was collaborative projects. This will be a longer answer. Right. So uh, really, the very first thing I did online, um, sort of large scale, as a writer, editor, story world runner, was essentially a collaborative project. In the very late 90s, 97, 98, I started a uh, a webzine called Sovereign Serials, longtime listeners or people who've just known about my work for a long time will will know this story, so bear with me. But yeah, it was a, an actual magazine with uh, an international standard serial number registration and everything. And it was the early version of my Sovereign Era story world And that, uh, of course, Brave Men Run and Pilgrimage and the latest work, the short story, the news from Bewilder Pond, all part of that story world with with more works to come. So that was a a, a collaborative project because I uh, created the framework, that sort of basic world. And I wrote one, two, three, two, two or three of the of the three, three of the serials. They were serials, sovereign serials. I wrote uh, three of the serials and I had uh, two other writers who had contributed their own characters and ideas for two other serials. And um, that went until, mm, I want to say 2001 or 2002, thereabouts, before, uh, honestly, I don't remember the primary reason for no longer doing it. Life. (laughs) The aughts were (laughs) a very complex time for Matthew. And the other thing probably was that there was this was all so very much ahead of its time. And I'm not saying that to blow my own horn. It was it was detrimental. There was really no way to monetize it. It was difficult to promote. It was difficult to, to syndicate. I mean, I, the, the, this was before, well, it may, might not have been before RSS, but it was before I knew anything about RSS or anything like that. It was before WordPress. It was before, you know, it was a different world. I have, I constantly am considering creating some other kind of collaborative serial fiction periodical online, but, uh, yeah, I'm not sure that, uh, that I should even be thinking about taking on something like that. So that would have been the first time sovereign serials. And then, um, in the early days of podcasting, especially the podcast fiction, uh, community around 2005 to say 2009 or so, I participated in a few things where I would contribute materials to other people's worlds. But I've never done a a true collaboration where it's me and another writer working together on the same manuscript. I've always been the uh, story world runner or the um, editor or both in 2000 and yeah, 2008, I think it was. Or 2009, I invited several of my writer slash friends to write short stories in the Sovereign Era universe, which I read during the promotional webinar for the Swarm Press release of Brave Men Run, which was the technically the second edition of Brave Men Run. Um, and then I took those stories and released them as uh, the Sovereign Era Year One, which is still available in in ebook. Uh, links to all this stuff will be in the show notes, including whatever's available for Sovereign serials from the Internet Archive. Speaking of the Sovereign Era Year One, because at least one contributor to that collection will be listening to this. Ah uh, yes, I do owe you guys some very meager but uh actual royalties uh for two thousand and nineteen. so uh note to self to get that figured out and over to you. It's gonna be like three or four bucks, something like that when all is said and done. But hey, you know, you wrote that stuff you gotta you gotta get paid for it anyway, and then one of the writers who contributed to the Sovereign Era year one, P.G. Holyfield, he, his, his contribution, which was called Every Breath You Take, he actually had parts two and parts three in mind for that. And so part two, called Canary in a Coal Mine, he wrote and I, uh, again, collaborated in the sense that I helped kind of shape and gave him notes so that there would be consistency and continuity with the rest of the story world. So that it could be canonical. And that's still out there. Um, what's, what's a real shame is that PG, Patrick, passed away from uh, a, a very aggressive and uh, sudden cancer. And I know that he had notes and maybe even an outline for part three of his Sovereign Era trilogy of uh, novellas. And I did reach out to his partner a little while after his death to see if if maybe I could get a hold of that stuff. But I never heard back. And I get it. You know, that's uh, their choice, of course. But um, yeah, it it does. It really. That's one of the big. Lingering lessons for me that uh, I think about that all the time, actually, you know, what happens to our creative works if we uh, when we're dead, when we're gone, especially if we go with a lot of stuff sort of half finished or only in the uh, formative stage that I have to raise my hand for that. That was one of the things that I was going to try to. Square away this year, kind of writing out outlines and notes for all my major projects that have yet to come. I don't know. There's still a year left, so maybe that will happen. Anyway, that was if I'm I'm, maybe I'm forgetting something, but that was the the last sort of uh, quasi collaborative thing that uh, I did. Except, you know what, I forgot. There was one time that I did work directly with another writer on the same manuscript. And I guess this has to count because it it is what happened. (laughs) My friend Matt Maxwell, who these days is a short story writer and novelist and comic book writer, among other things, Links will be in the show notes. We met in junior high school. So uh, seventh, eighth grade, right? And we had a sleepover at his house where together we wrote this air quotes novel. It was a a superhero thing, of course. And it was called Devastator. And talk about proto-sovereign era. I have lifted some of the stuff from that thing that we created. There are little hints of ghosts of shadows of that thing we created that still play into the sovereign era uh, to this day and into the future. But uh, yeah, I I have a copy of it somewhere in a file cabinet or uh, in a box somewhere I don't know if Matt does. I know that he has expressed dread at the fact that it exists out there in the world. I think it's pretty awesome that there's still a copy. The copy was uh, Matt's mom is a uh, a very well-known and successful mystery and romance author under a variety of names, sometimes with uh, her husband as well. Links will be in the show notes. But uh, yeah, we did it on their word processor. And, you know, dot matrix printer. And I I still have that printout. Pretty neat. So, yeah, Devastator. Co-written with uh, Matt Maxwell. Matthew Charters Maxwell. And, yes, uh, it's thanks to Matt that I got the last name for Nate Charters, the character from Brave Men Run. Okay, so I think that, that covers the collaboration Question looking at what else we have here. Okay. Another question from Rebecca Burns. When you've coached other artists, what revelations have you had or advice have you given that surprised you? Like, why had I never thought of this before? Or I wish someone had told me this 10 years ago. This is a great question. It allows me to do a little self-promotion. I recently launched a program as part of my creative services work called Your Story Buddy, where I sit down virtually over the phone or Zoom or Skype with an author. It doesn't matter what stage of development, whether they've been published or not, whether they're just starting out or, or what. I sit down with an author who has a specific story challenge that they're trying to overcome, and they need an objective ear to Help them find ways through it, around it, make it work. And so, uh, yeah, I I do this periodically. Uh, Links will be in the show notes, of course. So I'm doing um, not infrequently. I am coaching other uh, writers, especially. I'm also a developmental editor. So uh, I'm doing the same thing on entire manuscripts to great depth. But I got to say this, your story buddy and developmental edit work and any kind of uh, sort of casual coaching or mentoring I might do. Because it is usually with folks who are, no disrespect, just a few steps down the ladder from where I am in terms of creative development and career, I, I, I have yet to kind of Blow my own mind, right? You know, <laughs> I've yet to kind of come up with something that really makes me think, "Wow, I, 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 had, I had never thought of that." But for sure, just the act of coaching, mentoring, doing developmental edit work like that really helps to, you know, keep the the what's the phrase? Uh, sharpen the saw. You know, it 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 keeps my tools fresh. And helps to remind me of all the things that I definitely should be doing and maybe don't. So that's good. And it's very valuable. But yeah, I don't really think there's anything that's made me go, oh my gosh, I wish I'd I'd known this. I mean, I wish I'd known all of it 10 years ago, of course. Uh, Although 10 years ago (laughs) wasn't that long ago. Uh, So there we go. That's question two. So that leaves us with one more question in this two-part Ask Me Anything. One more from Rebecca Burns. How much of your creative energy is spent on your own writing versus your music versus helping other artists? And how much energy do you spend on non-creative activities? Is this the right balance for you? If not, how would you wish to distribute your energy? Well, hmm, yeah. So anybody who's been listening to this podcast for any length of time knows that the second to last part of that multi-part question, um, is this the right balance for you? The short answer is no. (laughs) Absolutely not. So let's let's try to take this in order. However, going back. And we'll get there and I'll try not to make it too ranty. How much of your creative energy is spent on your own writing versus your music versus helping other artists? So helping other artists is the bulk of what I do every day. It's my day job. I am a creative services provider, MWS Media. Matthew Wayne Selznick Creates, uh, that's me. That's what I do is I help people bring their creative endeavors to fruition, to market and to an audience. All of my clients uh, are creative people, um, writers, mostly podcasters, speakers, artists, except for uh, one nonprofit, a dog rescue Adoption website. They're all creative folks. So I'm that's what I do for a living is I help creative people. So most of the time is doing that. So I would say if, if you had to make it into a, a, a pool or a pie or whatever, um, let's say 85 to 90 percent of my creative energy is is spent helping other artists. Music. It's been a couple of years since I've done anything with music. Uh, 2017. So it's probably yeah, 2017 or 2018. So it's been two or three years, you know, since I've done anything musical. I uh, very occasionally add to my YouTube series, uh, the bookcase sessions link will be in the show notes. But uh, yeah, music these days is more of a. Uh, a thing to do for myself for um, it's almost a meditative practice to pick up the bass or pick up the guitar and usually just play along with some stuff for a few hours. I don't have the time and I'm not in the environment where I can really do it as a uh, creative thing for release. Although just as an aside, I, I've, I've got to bug up my butt right now to do a cover of, Uh, Everybody's talking, but that's just because I've heard a couple of covers and my brain started to twitch on what I could do uh, with that song. But seriously, don't hold your breath with 80% of my useful time (laughs) every day spent on client work. And uh, I'm I'm just not going to really dedicate much, if anything, very often to music these days. To the degree, other again, other than just playing, you know, for my own enjoyment for a while, maybe every couple of weeks. Um, So versus, and the other part of that is versus your own writing. I am really trying to carve out two to three hours in the morning, every weekday at least, for my own writing, and as often as possible, a couple of hours after dinner before I go to bed. And that's not just for actually typing manuscript pages, but thinking and planning and literal and figurative plotting and world building and and research and everything that goes into actually finally writing something. I... Have, this is actually what is this Tuesday? So this week I'm trying to get back into building the habit of getting up at about six thirty, getting out of the house by seven thirty or eight o'clock, and uh, just going somewhere where I can uh just try to think it, It's a mixed bag so far. I certainly miss the days, and I pine for the days that uh I, you know I want them to come back soon. Where one can go to a library or a coffee house and be alone in public, but have (laughs) good Wi-Fi and uh, electricity and access to a bathroom. (laughs) But uh, we're not there yet, right? So I've been, you know, going to a park or finding a park this week. That's been a bit of a challenge. Had a little sudden run away from some sprinklers on Monday. It was pretty disruptive. But uh, yeah, uh, I'm really trying to carve out that time in the morning before I start client work and also at least a few times a week, you know, after dinner, before bed. It's a work in progress, I guess, but uh, trying the other part of that. Oh, and how much energy do you spend on non-creative activities? Well, I share a house with my partner and, uh, with several other people. And there's always something going on, you know? So, uh, I would say that, that (laughs) any time that isn't claimed for work or for creative activities is pretty much spent on non-creative activities. if you want hours in the day, most of my weekends are spent, uh, doing errands and chores and things like that. And non-creative activities. Most of the evening usually is, is spent on non-creative activities. And again, it, is this the right balance for you? And then the second part of that part of the question is if not, how would, how would you wish to distribute your energy? So again, it is not. And how would I wish to distribute my energy? Listen, I, I, I love and I am so grateful for my clients. I'm uh especially this year has been pretty good. It's been a, a, a good year. Uh I'm I'm not completely secure or comfortable, but uh thanks to some very consistent long-term retainer clients, I uh I have You know, a little bit of money in the bank and a tiny bit of cushion, and uh, I I feel less of a panic about the last quarter of the year, which is usually traditionally, in my experience, very slow going. But ideally, as grateful for them as I am, the ultimate goal is to be making the majority of my living and have it be a uh, sustainable, comfortable living from creative endeavors. And, uh, you know, there's a very tried and true, especially for writers, there's a very tried and true path to that. The short version is uh, have three to five books in a series, Uh, release them every six months to nine months, ideally. And uh, advertise the hell out of them. And and yeah, you can earn a living wage, a comfortable living wage, even here in ridiculously overpriced Southern California. Quite a ways away from that. My income from my writing is on a really good month, uh, around 100 bucks or so. Usually more like 40 to uh, 30 You know, it's the 22nd of September right now, and and I'm looking at about 25 bucks of royalties for the month of September. Um, We'll see how it pans out. I mean, you know, there's another week and a day, so we'll see. But yeah, that's the reality right now. So this is why I am working so hard to try to carve out that time to produce more content that is my own content and why it's so important to me. My ideal balance would be that I spend eight to 10 hours a day <laughs> joyfully working on my own stuff, whatever that might mean, and that it brings in, you know, uh, a, a decent income. What would a decent income be? I need at least. Thirty five hundred dollars a month, preferably um four thousand. Uh, 4, uh Yeah. So again, far from that. Thank goodness for the clients. So yeah, I'm really doing what I can to create, carve out, find the environment where I can uh, productively create my own stuff as often dedicate as much time as possible. I mean, let's face it i'm I'm working seven to eight hours a day on client stuff in a perfect world. I would also be working four to six hours on my own stuff. Heck six to eight hours on my own stuff. But that's, that's difficult when, uh, when you're in an environment where there are other people. Okay. Uh, I think that is, that's all the questions. That's for sure all the questions trying out this uh, carve out the speaking of carving out the time, trying to record back in the home office again. So while I have had some interruptions from people and from cats and apparently from one crow, I don't know if you can hear that. I'll edit all that out and you'll hopefully benefit from the better sound quality in this episode. And damn it. We'll keep trying this. I have a home office, so I should be able to use it, right? Okay. That's it for this episode of totem episode 23. As I mentioned at the top of the show, your feedback is very welcome, encouraged even, including uh, questions. Uh, let's keep those questions coming. I don't mind, and I actually enjoy having some sort of Ask Me Anything maybe segment in each episode. It'll give this a little structure, right? Uh, You can send your questions or other feedback, thoughts, comments, what have you, to matt at mattselznick.com. If you'd like to record a voice message, you can do that and send that to the same email address, matt at mattselznick.com, M-A-T-T-S-E-L-Z-N-I-C-K.com. You can also, of course, leave a comment in the show notes for this episode, episode 23, which you will find at com or Sonatotum.com. And finally, um, you know, if you enjoy the show, these episodes, any episodes, the show overall, you hear this on every podcast that you listen to, right? Leave a review at Apple Podcasts or wherever. You get your podcasts, reviews and ratings help bring a show up in the visibility, in the search engines and uh, in the directories, which helps bring more ears to the show and hopefully builds this lovely community of friends and fans that uh, we're all a part of. Oh, and of course, you know, this goes without saying, but I have to say it. Subscribe if you haven't already. Subscribe to the show in the podcasting app of your choice, wherever you get your podcasts. And apparently the show is in Amazon music now, as well as Spotify and Apple podcasts and Google music and stitcher and all the various it's out there. And even if it's not in the app that you use, most of those apps use the Apple podcasts directory to pull in their shows. So you can find it. <laughs> Subscribe uh, that way, you will always get the latest episode as soon as it comes out. The next episode mm, probably uh, a week to ten days from this one, so you have time to send those comments, questions to do that rating and review. Thank you, JC Hutchins, and rebecca burns for those questions this has been a fun couple of episodes you've given me some stuff to talk about which is good and uh yeah i'll have links again to everybody and everything that's been mentioned in this episode in the show notes my name is matthew wayne selznick take care